Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guests are Gina Skelton. Crystal Almeida, and Nicole Puckrin. These three beautiful ladies are the co-founders, founders of The Mom Link. How are you doing today, ladies? Hi, we Brad. Are. Nice. <laughs> Thank We're you. fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know Nicole's not with us right now, but she may jump in later on. So we'll jump in and get started here. I want to say that I appreciate you both taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you. So as mentioned, Gina, Crystal, you are the co-founder or the founders of the Mom Link. You've all had your very own successful kick-ass careers in different areas, different types of work. And you all three now collectively run this kick-ass organization or movement called the Mom Link. You're all mothers of two. What are some of the key things each of you ladies do to prioritize and organize your times so that you don't burn out with all that you all that you have going on? Well, I have to jump in and say the power of three is one of our superpowers. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out right away. Yeah. And that's how the Mom Link Magic, you know, comes to be. We have three phenomenal, powerful women that come together. And the coolest thing when you collaborate and when you bring three different individuals with different backgrounds, different lived experiences, you know, a three different resumes and you pull that together, the power of that is incredible, right? So we definitely are at an advantage, the fact that we saw the opportunity in collaborating, you know, together, bringing our skill set, bringing our experiences together and bringing that to the forefront of our community. It's quite incredible, actually. We're able to tackle, you know, one person running a business, like a solo one woman show is one thing, but three women able to every day, you know, knock 10 things off a to-do list. Well, we're knocking 30 things off a to-do list. So I definitely say, you know, the, the trio. And oftentimes some people ask us like, okay, you know, should we just have one of you? No, the power is in the trio. And that's the uniqueness of our story. Like, you know, I always say, this is the story of three strangers, three mothers, mid-pandemic who came together on an audio app, started a business, ignited a movement, and now we're monetizing, you know, and creating a, you know, a business for ourselves and a community that is empowering other women. So it's uh, definitely the power of three. Amazing. I love it. Gina? That and I would, yeah, I would definitely add, you know, I I think identifying your role in life is so important. You know, I have a role as a mother. I have a role as a wife. I have a role as a business partner. I have a role as friend, community members. And so when you identify the roles, when you're going out, when you're going about your day, you're very purposeful with the time you spend. I think um, time blocking and understanding when I wake up, My role is to be mom to my children, to get them fed, to get them dressed, to get them to school. Then I have a role as a businesswoman, and that is, you know, dedicating my time to the mom link, growing our business, catering to the community. And then when there's time spent with my husband, that's the role of me as a wife. So I time block those off knowing the roles and also, you know, being very purposeful, having that time, knowing your role and being purposeful that in those moments you're spending time to be the best version of whatever that role you can be. So really focusing on that. And then also just living in the moment. I think oftentimes we take ourselves too seriously. I think it's good that we, you know, enjoy the fact that we're a mom, enjoy what we're doing for a living, enjoy, you know, our relationship with our husband and just staying in the moment to be fully present for the people in your life. I think that really helps manage my time. 
Absolutely. So Gina, I want to start with you. In your past life, why did you decide to, or what inspired you to go into the world of communications, advertising, and PR? What inspired that journey for you? That's funny. That's a great question. I actually wanted to be an interior designer and <laughs> my parents were like, there's no money in that, you know, even though there is, but you know, my parents were very old school. Like back in the day, it was like, you know, doctors and lawyers were the only yeah. people that actually made money. And so my family had a family friend whose daughter went into communications and they thought that that would probably be a good field for me to go into. And I ended up really loving it. Although I I really dove more into the public speaking side of things. I loved storytelling. I loved giving speeches. I love small group and large group communications, which is actually the thing that most people are afraid of even more so than death. And it's amazing that I have a degree in that. So I guess I'm just a a unique bird, a rarity in the world, but I really (laughs) love speaking in front of people. I love communicating. I love the art of communication. I love relaying a message and I love influencing others through the art of communication. And so that kind of led me to my career in the nonprofit world and has helped me throughout my life in um, being successful, building relationships, networking, and ultimately making money. Have you always loved speaking? Like I can, I think back to when I was in elementary school and, and high school where we had to get up in front of the class and give speeches and so forth. Was that something that you loved doing back then even? You know what? I've always been pretty confident in who I was. And I really okay. never had a fear of speaking in front of other people. If anything, maybe more so speaking, you know, one-on-one with somebody, because I think that's in those intimate settings, you really have to get vulnerable. So I think it was easier for me to stand in front of an audience rather than be one-on-one. But, you know, I I love communicating on all levels, to be quite honest. I think it's our highest form of art is communication. And I Uh, think that we, we relay a message in every single action and word that we take in life. So we're creating our consciousness, our destinies with every, you know, thought, word, action, and ultimately who we are character based on how we communicate. Absolutely. Now, some people would say that the art of communication has been lost or is becoming lost. Would you agree with that? Absolutely not. I just think there's new vehicles. You know, now we have the advent of social media. It's a new vehicle for people to communicate. You know, short form video is another way for people to communicate. I think it's important that no matter what, however we're communicating with whatever vehicle that we use, remaining authentic to ourselves, having that voice be being honest and open about who you are and what you stand for is probably the best way to get people on your side and influence others to take action in whatever way that, you know, whether that be emit an emotion or take a social stance on something or buy a product or service, you have to really resonate with who you are and tell your story and connect with your audience. And I think people are doing that on so many platforms. I think sometimes maybe, you know, if it's new, there's a fear around that. And a judgment that's placed around that with the fear, but so many amazing miracles have happened through vehicles of social media, such as Clubhouse and Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. And it's nothing to fear. I think it's about progressing and evolving and utilizing technology as as another way to communicate. Absolutely. Now, you were the former CEO at the Milagro Foundation. Can you tell us a bit about the work you did there and what led to the decision for you to leave your CEO role and the foundation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I graduated college, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do as a career. Uh, I did love the public speaking aspect of that, but I did know that I wanted to make an impact. And at the time, the impact that I wanted to make was with children. I knew that if I was able to get children at a young age, despite whatever circumstances they were in, if I was able to plant a seed of belief and hope and confidence and water those seeds and see them sprout, that these children were capable of accomplishing anything in life. And so I was in Delray Beach at the time, and I aligned with an organization called the Milagro Center. It means miracle in Spanish. And we ended up working with hundreds of at-risk children who were living at or below the federal poverty level, who were being exposed to gang-related violence, early teen pregnancy, drug, incarceration, high school dropout, and ultimately leading to a life of crime and negativity. And so we were able to 
displace them from those environments, bring them to our environment. We had a couple of centers in South Florida and the children would come to us after school, which is the times that they were most vulnerable to those things because most of their families were working two or three jobs to put food on the table. And we had them in our center until the parents were able to pick them up in the evening. And we did arts, academics, enrichment, homework, help, sports, mentoring, you know, character involvement. And so through that, we would take these children from kindergarten all the way to high school. And we ended up having them graduate from high school and ultimately move on to college. And that was the goal of what we did. I ended up meeting my husband because we wanted his company, which was a large automotive conglomerate at the time to give us money. And he ended up, you know, getting me to go on a date with him. And ultimately we got married and had kids. And that's when I decided to change, you know, to leave a career to become a full-time mother. And as I was a mother for, you know, almost now it's coming on to eight years now, nine, if you include the time that I was pregnant, I feel as though I fulfilled that mission and I was approaching 40. And I know Crystal and Nicole can share in the sentiment that we were coming to a new phase in our life. And we knew that we had more in us. And there was this desire to have even more of an impact on the world. And now having a career and being mothers, we have a unique set of experiences and struggles and successes that only you know, women in business, moms in business, mompreneurs would understand and having a community for that. When we came together to create the mom link, it was sort of a brilliant idea. And it was so well received because so many of these women, these mothers needed a community like this to feel connected to, to get education from, to connect with other women doing similar things so that they can collaborate on projects, to get empowered, to cry when we needed to cry, to laugh when we needed to laugh, to be there for each other. And we've just created this incredible tribe of women. We're now hosting our third virtual summit, more of like a mastermind where we're really going to dig deep and help these women to overcome whatever's holding them back in business. And we're doing that together as a community. And it's been so wonderful to see it grow daily. I'm inspired by the women in our community. And it's just, you know, the beginning, honestly, it's the tip of the iceberg for us. So we're excited to see what the future holds. I love it. I'm sure it's got a hell of a lot more in store for the three of you. It's incredible what you ladies have managed to build. Now, Gina, you're also known as a philanthropist. Can you speak to and tell us a bit about some of the work you do as a philanthropist and some of the organizations that you work with? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously having the career in the nonprofit world for 10 years, that is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And I continue to work with charities that work with women and children. There's a Florence Fuller Development Center here in South Florida. My husband and I are chairing that event in April to raise money for those children in need. And they work with birthed all the way up to 12th grade. So that's a wonderful organization. I'm attending an event this Saturday for an animal shelter in Jupiter, Florida that we will be supporting as well. We just helped raise, we donated $10,000, but helped raise, I think almost $100,000 for the Grant Cardone Foundation through 10X Ladies with Elena Cardone to help financial literacy for children who, you know, are living out or below federal poverty level, specifically those that, you know, don't have dads in their lives. So those are just a few of the things that I've worked on in the past and will continue to work on. And uh, it's just something that gives me a lot of hope and joy to know that, you know, there's a higher purpose, there's a higher calling. And I think when individuals get outside of themselves and see the, you know, things working for the betterment of other human beings and seeing the progress that is made on those levels, I think it's just very inspiring. Absolutely. Now, speaking of inspiring, what lights you up or inspires you the most about doing the philanthropic work? And is this type of work something you've always been interested in and passionate about doing? Yes, I've always had a heart and compassion for others. My daughter shares that as well. Yeah, I mean, it just to see the change in people, to see them being grateful. To, I, I always tell Crystal and Nicole and all of the women in the Mom Link community, I'm passionate about seeing other people win. You know, the things in life that are most valuable are feelings, are, are heart-centered feelings. And those are things that money cannot buy. I mean, money can always be used as a tool, but to be able to improve the quality of life of somebody else where you see them smiling, you see them living in a better way, you see them thriving. I think that that is worth its weight in gold. I mean, there's nothing more valuable than to see another human being living their best life and living in their purpose and living their dreams and being free from any of the limitations that may come with poverty or, you know, lack or whatever it is that they're struggling with at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There is no better feeling than being able to give back and contribute and impact another human being's life. I often say that that's like winning the lottery, being able to contribute and impact another human's life is just one of the most incredible gifts that we can give. It's amazing. I agree 100%. Now, Crystal, let's let's chat a bit about you and, and your story. I mean, you, Crystal, in your past life, you worked in the nonprofit sector. You are a human rights and world activist, qualitative researcher, a global citizen, an HIV and AIDS fundraiser. That is one hell of a resume you have there, Crystal. Can you speak a bit about your work in the nonprofit sector and a brief overview or bird's eye view of what that looked like for you? So yeah, it's. I'd have to say it started from a really young age. My parents were going through a divorce. It was a really hard time for me. I was always involved in volunteering from a young age, but when I went through the most traumatic parts in my life as a young child, that's when I started really maximizing my volunteer work, my involvement with my local community, and just, you know, immersing myself in volunteerism and making an impact in other people's lives really took away from what I was experiencing at the time in my childhood experience. So that's how I got started, to be quite honest with you. I continued volunteering And once I got to post-secondary education, I went to the University of Windsor and I was majoring in political science and sociology. And I got there and got involved with some volunteer groups on campus. And it was like, I don't know, something just sparked within me. And I was like, I want to start my own club. I want to have, you know, my own club and as a student body of, you know, board president and secretary, and we're going to fundraise money and we're going to, you know, talk about making poverty history. And it was It was actually the Make Poverty History campaign that I got involved with. I spearheaded that on my campus. And then it just led to so many opportunities. So the one thing that I set out to do is there was a student refugee program that I wanted to bring to our campus. And so we did that. Myself, I organized a committee of other students and we literally set out to sponsor refugee students from a refugee camp in Kenya and every year of my undergrad I successfully sponsored a student to come to the University of Windsor who and it wasn't just a sponsorship and then hey you're here and goodbye no it was a whole like going through everything the student wasn't going back to Kenya the student was going through the whole Canadian citizenship process and you know when you sponsor somebody it's a big responsibility and I took that on and And it honestly was life changing for me. I met some amazing, incredible people. And that's where things really started to fly off the handle for me. I started volunteering even more. I got involved with the HIV coalition on my campus. And I started getting involved with an international organization called called World University Service of Canada. And they were doing some work in West Africa. And so I applied to be part of this program to go and do a qualitative research. And I was given the opportunity to go and live and work in a small little West African village in Burkina Faso. I lived and worked with a family of 12 in a very rural community and uh, did some qualitative research work on why men chose not to get tested for HIV in this community. It was literally, that was the day that my life changed and I was no longer coming back the person I went there. Like I literally came back. It was a transformative time in my life. It was very difficult. You know, it was a culture shock. You know, there's so much that you go through. So that was the pivotal moment in my life that I realized, okay, this is the work that I'm meant to do. And I want to continue with this professionally, but I wasn't done my undergrad. I continued to, you know, to study and volunteer. And it was in my second year of university that I was offered a job. So before I even finished my undergrad, and I'm like, well, I guess we're putting my undergrad on a pause. And that's (laughs) what I went to do. I went and worked, I got involved with the international campaign to ban landmines. And I was given the opportunity to go lobby governments against victim activated weapons around the world. And so that's what I did. I the first country I worked in was in Jordan, lobbying some governments against landmines. And that was incredible work. And, you know, to be honest, what was the most important part of this whole journey for me was working alongside the people that you're trying to serve. And I say this all the time. And sometimes I guess it's nonprofit lingo or whatnot that it takes a minute to kind of wrap your brain around, but then, you know, nothing for us without us. Like that's what fired me up. That's what inspired me. So, you know, I was, yes, I was lobbying governments against victim activated weapons, or yes, I was running a support group, you know, for people living with HIV and AIDS, but I didn't do it by myself. I was an ally. 
And right. that's what kind of fired me up was working alongside the people that were trying to serve, right? So that was kind of how I got started. I then came back, finished my undergrad, and just it literally was a domino effect of working in different nonprofits internationally and locally. So how would you say then those experiences, you traveling abroad and you also sponsoring someone from Kenya, how would you say those experiences have shaped the crystal you are today, both personally and professionally? Well, I definitely think it really brought out, so I'm a very empathetic person. I really feel what others go through and that brought it out of me. And I feel like it amplified how empathetic I was, but it brought it out in a very positive way. You know, it changed me, it humbled me, it made me realize, you know, the privileges that we have that may, you know, others might not have the same privileges. And so it really changed me as a person, it really made me take a step back to be responsible for the language, the words that we use in community when speaking with other people, you know, being responsible for the impact that we can create or have on others, whether it's positive or negative. So it really kind of made Made me accountable, more of an accountable human being and approaching the world that it's all of our duty. It's all of our responsibility to make a difference in somebody else's life, to contribute to our society, to have some part in creating social change in the world. And so it really highlighted that for me and brought to the forefront just my natural ability to be able to connect with other individuals and give space and give room to other people's lived experiences. I love it. Now, you also, you speak about imposter syndrome and showing up on social media and also how to create and make an impact in your community as we're discussing and the world, which of course is incredibly important today's day and age. If you're an entrepreneur, can you share with us a little bit about why you personally believe in that? And what are a couple of tips you would share with someone just starting out in in their entrepreneurial journey to help them to start making an impact in the world and in their community? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I've never actually had imposter syndrome my whole life, you know, working the nonprofit world and you're trying to raise money. Where are you? You're front stage and center asking people to donate. And I never had an issue with it. I almost like, I like, I thrived in those environments. I like, it was like, I don't know. it, It was an amazing feeling, you know, speaking in front of crowds of people and trying to, you know, get them to donate to the cause. And I was often told, wow, Crystal, your passion, your inspiration, like it's contagious, you know, like people would want to volunteer because, you know, they saw how much I believed in it. And so it was just, it was something natural to speak in front of people. It was up until this audio app. And I think, you know, (laughs) I'll say motherhood has a part to play with imposter syndrome. If you do a little bit of research, imposter syndrome actually impacts and affects women way more. And culturally, it's almost a new term we've come up with that, you know, most of the time it's discussed upon women and experiencing imposter syndrome. And I have to say it's because when we go through motherhood and we immerse ourselves into motherhood, we have so many new roles and it's it's a whole new discovery journey that we rip away our context. You know, that resume that you come into motherhood with like 10 or 18 years in the nonprofit world. It's like, I stripped that away from my resume because now I'm a mother. And so I had two kids back to back. So that's six years of, you know, my career was nowhere to be seen. I had no focus on that. I literally was stripped of my context. And then I, you know, get on this social audio media app. I want to start this business and the imposter syndrome kicked in because I was starting off on a new journey and I was stripped of that context, my resume that I came into, into this new business with. And I guess I, I forgot to give voice to, you know, the crystal who had a career before motherhood. Right. Right. So definitely that's how imposter syndrome kind of kicked me in the butt. I was getting (laughs) on this audio app and I, you know, I was always kind of just worried and had this little person in my head, you know, you know, wondering, oh my goodness, did you say something that impacted others or did you say something that maybe offended people? And it's funny because that brings me back to why I loved working the nonprofit world. And, you know, I'm always stressed out about, you know, our language impacts people, our, our yeah. words have impact, whether it's positive or negative. And so I would stress way too much about that. You know, I would wonder if I resonated with people or not. And to be honest, my biggest tip is stop putting other people on a pedestal 
and putting your here at mediocrity, you know, like putting yourself there yeah. and putting other people above you, right? Because there's no such thing. Everybody starts with one follower. Everybody starts with zero dollars as a new business owner. Everybody starts in the same place. And you are an expert. You know, you're an expert with everything that you have experienced in life. And so try and remember that. Bring your lived experiences. And I think at times we only feel like an expert in the and the right to speak in front of a group of people if we have it on our resume, if we went to school for it, if we have a degree in it, if we worked in that field, then we feel entitled to being an expert. And that's a completely wrong way of thinking. And especially through motherhood, we have so many new skills that you adopt through becoming a mom that you need to look at that as being an expert in your field, that you are an expert and you are able to speak on it. And if you're not an expert, you can still make impact. You can still create income. And so once you really change that mindset, once you really start to tell that negative little voice in your head to hush, hush, go away, I can do this. You know, it takes a lot of practice and, you know, do some mindfulness exercises. And I would say that's another good one before you're going to get on a stage, like really get your mind right. You know, take a few minutes before you're going to go on to an event or on a stage and get your mind right. Do some mindfulness techniques to kind of kick that imposter syndrome out the door. Yeah, mindset is such a key part. I mean, everything begins with self and mindset is included in that. It's such an integral piece to to life in general. You have to have your mind right for everything and believe in yourself. Absolutely. So Nicole, in your past life, you were a former special assistant to MPP Rick Nichols, a former uh, student senator for the University of Windsor government. You're a political and social activist, financial guide and real estate investor, quite the lengthy resume as well. What inspired your journey into the world of politics and how long did you work in politics? Hi, what a great question. What inspired? Honestly, when I was little, my mom owned a bakery for 25 years. When I was, I think, six, she opened the bakery. And, you know, I always was there, right? Like school bakery, bakery school. And so our clients and our customers would always ask me like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would always say one of two things, either a lawyer or the prime minister. And so, you know, I always, when I was in high school and, you know, you start thinking about, okay, so, you know, what am I going to take in school? Right. And having those foreign parents, university was always like really pushed upon me. Right. So, you know, I knew I wanted to do politics because I definitely was not a math major. I wasn't going to go into science. I wasn't going to go into, you know, into any, you know, into any field that was math or science. And I always had a passion for change, for impact. And so I just always had that on my heart to affect change some way, right? I always knew my purpose from a very young age was to impact women. I would always say like, you know, my purpose is to impact young women who come from, you know, immigrant parents or immigrant families, you know, because you can do anything you want to do, you can change the world. So my path was get my degree, get into politics and run, run for election, right? I was so blessed to be able to work for my member of provincial parliament, Rick Nichols, he was a great mentor and leader. But I really got a like a behind the scenes view of what it really takes to be in politics. And, you know, that didn't necessarily turn me off. But when I went, I had the opportunity to go and work at Queens Park for a month. And I I thought I was going to love it. I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is going to fill my cup. This is going to be exactly, you know, what my path. And then I got there and I hated it. It just was like, it's the old boys club. It's the, you know, there are no set hours of work. You're always a politician, no matter if you're at the grocery store, no matter if you're at the, you know, if you're at Queens Park, like you're never just Nicole DeSilver or Nicole Puckern or Rick Nichols, right? Like you're always on, that's always your persona. And the other aspect was nobody's ever happy, right? (laughs) It's a very thankless job. So what might be great for me could be really detrimental to you and vice versa. And so I was like, you know what? This thing called change is very precarious. It's very contentious. And I don't know if that's the kind of change that, you know, the avenue that I want to go through to affect change. As you mentioned, politics is an old boys club. So it's very, it's a very male dominated industry. So can you speak to if you had to face or overcome any adversity during your time working in politics, and if so, how you dealt with that? How did you deal with the adversity that you had to face being a woman in a pretty male dominated industry? Well, to be honest, I don't feel like I faced any adversity. 
Okay. I don't have a victim mentality. I have a victor mentality. Love it. So I truly believe that you're responsible for other people's perceptions of you. And you're also responsible to create or blaze the path that you want, right? Yeah. And if that well, other people will take notice. And it's it's not about pity. It's not about empathy, even. It's about forging that, right? Like creating your mold and then demanding respect because of it. Yeah. So, you know, when you said that, I'm like, you know, what kind of adversity did I, I, I don't feel like I did face any adversity, to be honest with you. I did the work really well. I was recognized for it. I was yeah. applauded for it. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Like when you do good work and people recognize that and see that, you will be given opportunities. You will be awarded more, I guess, just opportunities, right? Yeah. Like if you're seen as somebody who gets it done, no matter the circumstance, you find a way, which I am and I was in that field, then, you know, I guess maybe I did face adversity, but for me, I'm like, whatever the obstacle is, we'll find a solution. So now you have also done some work in the nonprofit sector. What inspires or lights you up the most about doing that type of work? And can you speak a bit about the work that you did in that sector? Okay. So honestly, one thing that I would advise to anyone that's maybe seeing this as a young woman, volunteer, 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 get involved at school because what awarded me my position in the political field was my volunteer work was my extracurriculars because here's the thing anybody can go to school and get a degree not everybody can go to school get a degree be involved in student politics be on boards and commissions have their own organization on on campus you know what I mean so really that really is what set me apart and what allowed me to blaze the trail into politics and so definitely It's so necessary. And that really changed my path. That was fulfilling for me. That was what like when I started to really get involved, that's what like set my soul on fire. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the change in the impact that I have yearned for and I'm able to make. So, you know, getting involved in whatever way, shape or form, I I highly encourage and I highly, you know, it's a must. Yeah. Now, there are some pretty common threads between all three of your lives in terms of the types of work you've all done. How did the three of you meet? So Crystal and I, we knew each other growing up Portuguese. We did uh, folklore dancing together, Portuguese folklore dancing. But she was quite older than me, like my brother's age. And we've got like, you know, six, seven years between my brother and I. So it was never like a friendship growing up. Yeah. But then when I was in university, our paths crossed again. And she was, you know, in an organization for the AIDS Committee of Windsor. And she gave me an opportunity to create a club on campus based on the work that she was doing. And so from there, it just our paths were aligned. And then, you know, that's kind of where the friendship started. And when you're aligned with somebody else's purpose, and it matches your purpose, then it forges like a tie, right? Yep. And so from there, we just kept in touch. And then, you know, we both had children and we wanted to do kind of something a little bit different than what we were seeing or accustomed to as far as in the mom space. And so we just, you know, we were like, okay, let's do this social media thing, right? And we did that for quite some time. And it was just like, you know, I don't know what we're doing. It's not necessarily working the way that we want it to, but we know what our mission is. So if we maybe, if we just keep going, like, let's not give up on this. Let's just continue what we're doing, do our giveaways, you know, kind of be like the, I guess we were kind of like the mom, like, okay, so, you know, this is what is coming up for moms this week with your kids. You know, these are some different moms we're highlighting. These are some different mom business owners that you can, you know, buy local and stuff like that from. And then it wasn't until we got on Clubhouse and met Gina that our actual life purpose took shape, right? It actually became a reality. Yeah. As Crystal said, the power in the beginning is the power of three, the three of you coming together kind of form that full circle, that full bond between the three of you and the mom link was born. So can you explain for us, one of you or all three of you, whichever your different takes on what the mom link is all about? Let's, let's enlighten the audience of what the mom link is all about. Well, first and foremost, it's all about collaboration and canceling the culture of competition. Like that is definitely at the forefront of the mom link. And what our mission is, is igniting a movement of women who truly believe in collaboration and want to cancel the culture of competition. So I'd say that's one of our pillars, but we definitely have 
a lot of different missions that we've set out to achieve and accomplish through the mom link. Right. Yeah. I, I believe that, you know, through what we're doing, we are definitely focused on empowering, inspiring, encouraging, and absolutely educating mompreneurs to achieve their goals as a mother and in business and to provide a community of like-minded women to feel as though they are part of something bigger than themselves. And, and we have so many testimonials of women that say, you know, for example, there's a young girl and she's a single mom and she's divorced and she's going through some struggles right now. And she messaged me earlier this week and said, I'm just so happy. I found the mom link. I don't really have that many friends. And when I go into the mom link rooms on clubhouse, I feel like I have a whole tribe of women that are not only my friends, but they're like family to me and that they can relate to her struggles. But then, you know, they're relating to us, but then they're also making their own connections together within the community. So we have women that find other women within our community and forge bonds together to work on projects together to, you know, host rooms under our clubs together. And so there's the broad umbrella of the mom link. And then whatever goes on, you know, there's women in the mom link who are moms that really focus on, you know, healthy living and the fitness aspect and, you know, the way you eat and the way you live your life holistically. And so there's like a little subset of that. Then there's this little group of moms that are really focused on social media and growing that way. And then there are the moms that are, you know, your lawyers, your doctors, your professionals, and they, you know, create a little group themselves. Then you have some of the mompreneurs that are maybe on, you know, between their forties and their sixties who kind of are turning around and, you know, looking at the rest of the group and saying, this is what I did during the time that I was raising children and having a mom in business. And here are some of the things that I've learned and the gems that I want to share with you. And so there's all these different aspects of who we are as mompreneurs, as women in business that help each other, that give each other space and voice. I think that that is something that made us so successful is that we really value and shine the light on as many community members as we possibly can. You know, we are one of our most successful rooms on Clubhouse is the Wednesday Women Supporting Women Connect and Collab where women come to the stage. I don't know if you're familiar with Clubhouse, but you can be in the audience, raise your hand, get to the stage and they tell us about who they are. And they say, I have a give for your community. I want to provide them with this value, but I also need something from them. And I need X, Y, Z, whatever it is that they're looking for. And we connect them. And so, you know, the three of us, myself, Crystal and Nicole, we'd be running this room for two to three hours. And then, you know, our kids are now begging for, you know, food in the background and screaming. Our husbands are coming home and saying, put the phone away. You know, a, a running joke that we had in the mom link was the mom link in the clubhouse is going to get us divorced. I hope somebody has a, a couch for us to live on. So, and then we were getting feedback. Like, I'm so glad, you know, people love to be able to share, but then there, there were women in the community that said, I waited three hours and I never got to speak. And we knew that we weren't serving them properly, but right. we also knew and identified that we had some incredible women in our community that ended up being like our super fans. And they kind of rose to the top and always showed up for us, always supported us, promoted us on every platform that they could. And we said, let's give these women a, the opportunity to get more exposure for whatever they're working on their business and brand, and also help us to continue to allow for as many women in our community to be heard and seen and have the light shine on them. And so we decided to now host this room more like a marathon room. So we kind of dominate clubhouse on Wednesdays and we're open from one o'clock Eastern time to seven o'clock Eastern time where we moderate the room at times, but then we pass it to again, those super fans and they moderate for an hour and they promote whatever business or service or product that they have. And as we increase the time that that room was run, we knew we couldn't do it on our own. We had to be able to delegate that and delegating that to some of our communities has helped a lot of the women be able to be heard because now we have more time for them and also to allow for our super fans even more exposure for them. And it was just a win-win situation for us, for our super fans and for the women that needed to get their voice heard. And maybe we didn't have enough time to get to every single person. So it's been such an incredible experience to be able to grow in that way and nurture these relationships and foster growth in our community. Last Wednesday, we had over 2000 women come through our clubhouse room. Holy I mean, yeah, it's the energy. We call it the mom link magic. It's the energy. When you come to the room, you feel 
part of something. You feel like you're getting poured into. You feel like people actually care about you. No one's judging you. You know, I, when I first came on Clubhouse, listen, I didn't write any books. I got no letters behind my name, but I was relatable and I had a passion and I wanted to make an impact. And that really resonates with people. Authenticity is the powerful, most powerful energy on the planet. And when you emanate that from what Nicole was saying, your purpose and align yourself with other women with that similar purpose, you can move mountains. Absolutely. 100%. You know what, Brad, I have to say something, something happened yesterday. We had a business call yesterday and Mm -hmm. we're always looking for opportunities to collaborate with other women and So anyways, we had a business call yesterday and it was an interesting moment because we realized, you know, it's all about the niches right now, right? So you have to really niche down, niche down. Everybody's like, okay, pick your demographic. So 25 to 35. And we had a moment yesterday where like, I guess we're not super niche down, but guess what? That is where the mom link is succeeding because everybody is niching down. And what the mom link has done is we have an umbrella. The umbrella is the mom link and we have niches within underneath that umbrella and what we have done, because sure, we can narrow it down and niche down and have a community of our 35 to 45 mompreneurs looking to start a, their own business, right? New mompreneurs. But how can we serve that community, that niche, if yeah. we're not bringing in another niche That's of right. women who have already built a business, succeeded, scaled their business and can now bring those skills? So the mom link is full of little tiny niches underneath the umbrella. And I think that's what's unique and special and really allows the opportunity to do exactly what Gina explained, which is incredible things happen, right? You bring somebody who's been a professional in their field, who's a graphic designer and has a whole marketing team and they're running a successful multi-million dollar company. And you bring that niche of women and successful female entrepreneurs to the same community, to the same room as the niche of, you know, new mompreneurs trying to figure out their business. Now we've got women working together. Now we've got women, you know, I always say it's like a virtual Rolodex in our community. Whatever skill resource you are looking for, we promise you, you can find it in the mom link community. <laughs> the, mom, the mom link empire and everything just falls underneath that umbrella and branches yep. off into different areas, which is great because it's a one-stop shop. Absolutely. So how long ago was the mom link created and how did you come up with the name and who came up with the name? Well, Nicole, do you want to jump in? <laughs> so our anniversary would end of March early. That's when we kind of all got together and we're like, okay, let's, you know, Gina was like, no, like, let's rebrand. Let's do something a little bit different, you know, than what you guys are doing right now. Let's, let's create an empire. Right. And so what people really, I guess, look up to us is the ability for us to have grown such a community in such a short period of time, you know, on clubhouse is, is very different from your other social media apps, your Pinterest, your Instagram, your Facebook, right? Because the power of your voice really has a different level of transference than, you know, writing stuff or reading stuff. Right. Right. And so we're able to really build an amazing community in a short time. And we came up with the name. I'm going to take credit for the name because (laughs) I remember specifically we were like, okay, what are we going to name? What are we going to name? And I had like 20 different names. It's like, no, 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 no. And then finally I'm like the mom link. Gina's like, that's it the mom link. And then we all kind of were in agreement with it. We made the logo and it was like, you know, up from there. The rest is history, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what are the long-term goals for the mom link? Where do you want to take the organization? Where do you see it going? Well, our long-term goal, and it's a lofty goal, but I believe in shooting for the moon. Even if we land among the stars, we're still doing amazing things. Yeah. But I would love to see every mompreneur in the country and at least the United States and Canada to know about the mom link and to understand who we are and to want to be a part of an incredible community of women who seek to, again, cancel that culture of competition and be more collaborative so that we can move ourselves forward as a group of like-minded women to be able to level up and accomplish all of our goals that we set out for ourselves in business and in life. And I would love to be able to bring in, you know, as many women into this community as possible. I would love to see them being educated and elevated and learning from some of the top female leaders in the country and being a part of that platform. So that's kind of what our goals are right now. I don't know if the ladies wanted to add to that. I'll add a couple of things. So definitely like if we're dreaming and shooting for the moon, like Gina said, and that's what 
I encourage all women to do when, you know, thinking about your business or your life goals, but I definitely include in there. I'd love for the mom link to have its own foundation one day. So we have our own foundation where we're raising funds for right off the top. We're continuously going to have a business that is constantly financially also pouring into other women and investing in their business and in their dreams. I'd love for the mom link. And I know we'll do it one day is we'll have, you know, a little, what do you call it? A committee, maybe a committee of other, you know, mom link women who are working to pour into younger female generations and working, you know, Nicole talked about the power of volunteerism. And and if we can work with younger females at a younger age to get them there. So when, you know, they're ready to come into the mom link space, kind of like the mom link mini committee, I guess, (laughs) but I'd love for us to do that. And I mean, shooting for the stars, I mean, you know, you'll see the mom link one day speaking on large stages and you know, in front of thousands of people, inspiring other women that, you know what, collaboration is key and we'll change the way that women see other women and no longer will women see another woman who's succeeding and be like, man, why is that not me? But, you know, we'll have women in our community saying, oh my goodness, I can do it because she can. And so I think that's the ultimate goal. Love it. I have no doubt that you ladies will be on stages speaking to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women and empowering them to tap into their own gifts and and talents for sure. I want to ask some questions. I want each of you to chime in with your own answers here. We're going to jump into a different section of questioning now. So we'll start with Crystal, since you were just speaking, Crystal, what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? How it makes me feel. I think it's as that, that simple. It's what gives me life and it literally, it's how it makes me feel. It gives me life. It makes me fired up. It brings me back, you know, During motherhood, I said, you know, I just want to go back to the old crystal, to the young crystal who believed she could change the world and was going to create impact and make a difference in the world. And I found her and I found her because of the mom link. And, you know, it just lights up my life and makes me smile ear to ear to know that I'm still that activist, human rights activist crystal. And I can, even after motherhood, while doing the motherhood journey, that I can still do those things. It's purpose. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, you always hear like, what's your why? What's your why? Right. My why is my purpose. And I've always known from a young age, like I think the three of us, like, you know, our stories truly have so many common threads and they align so well. And I know that no matter what I'm doing, if it wasn't mom link, you know, when I was in politics, when I was working at the bakery with my mom, like it was all aligned with my purpose, right? Which is to create impact, right? I was doing that, you know, I had clients like customers at the bakery that knew me from six years old until last year, like the year before last. Right. And they they've seen my growth and it's always it's always about purpose. That's just really what it comes down to. Being true to yourself is the most motivating factor because you always know when you're not because of how you feel. I really believe that everything that happens to you in your life, everything that you're involved in, every situation, every experience really is leading up to your ultimate and the journey, right? Because even though I said ultimate, like there really isn't an ultimate. It's just like, it's all a journey. And so, you know, when you're on the right path based on the way that you feel and never felt better, right? Even, you know, in everything that I was doing prior, it felt good. You know, when I came to Texas and I left my family and we were starting from scratch here in Texas, it it didn't feel good. It was like, hey, wait a minute. Like I'm a working woman. I'm a career driven woman. Now I'm a housewife and a mom. Like I never wanted this for my life, right? (laughs) And (laughs) being able to align with Crystal and Gina and the mom link, like this is it. This is the purpose. I had to go through that struggle to really understand that you have to take big risks sometimes. And sometimes life will make those decisions for you based on what heart. So if you would have told me to choose, go to Texas with your husband and your little family and start the mom, like I would have been like, hell no. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm comfortable here in my space. I'm already in politics. I have a good job. I've got benefits and all the things I'm never going to be away from, from my, you know, from my family, my parents. And, you know, it it couldn't have been a better experience. Mind you, it was very painful and uncomfortable, but the end result truly is what is supposed to be. Yeah. Do you know? 
Yeah. I mean, I just think everything that these ladies have said has been so right on the money. And I just have to say that, you know, I I say this all the time, but I've been blessed with two of the best business partners that I can possibly have been blessed with. And it's been a journey. I mean, we've had struggles, we've had challenges, we've had moments of laughter and joy. And oh my gosh, I can't believe that this is where we're at. This is happening to us right now. And then there's been moments of like, you know, I don't even know if we want to do this anymore. And we've gone through all of those experiences and came out the other side, even stronger, even more connected, even more dedicated, even more committed. And I believe that we, you know, we were talking earlier about the mindsets thing, you know, when you have And I'm a firm believer, you know, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and then ultimately dictate your destiny and what you do. And the fact that the three of us have this incredible mindset of seeing other women win and wanting the success for all of us, ourselves and the women in our community as well. And then, you know, speaking that into podcasts and interviews and masterclasses on Clubhouse, on Instagram you know, we're creating that environment and, you know, more and more women are getting attracted to that because your vibe attracts your tribe, so to speak. And so again, like I really and truly believe that this is just the beginning. The fact that we're, the three of us are so dedicated to this mission and the, the right people are being pulled into us for exactly what we need in the right, in the moment that we need it. I just see this taking off and being something that is going to change the lives and help so many mompreneurs in the world. And uh, we're just grateful to be a part of that. I love it. I want to speak a little bit about women and entrepreneurship and the landscape of women run businesses. I know that we've touched briefly here and there throughout the interview about the old boys club and that whole mentality of from the forties. And I mean, really, there's no fucking place in the world for that net we're in the year 2022 it's got to go so what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses now in the year 2022 so jt fox on clubhouse he's a an entrepreneur and a big businessman and he kind of has his, his hands in multiple companies and he said something that really kind of s- stuck with me and he said all of the businesses that i worked with that are run by females are the most successful and compared to the want to the businesses that I have my hands in that are run by males. He said, women don't realize, but they are the best in business. And when he said, women don't realize, but they are the best in business, that did something to me because it was like, why don't we realize this? Yeah. Right? Like, wait a minute. You know, if one of the hardest jobs we can have is raising a family while running a business, while working full time, while juggling our husband's needs, while, you know, drive by, pick up, you know, all those things that we juggle, like, why don't we give ourselves more credit? Why don't we take more risks? Why don't we, you know, kind of, why don't we acknowledge how freaking amazing we are? Yes, exactly. And so I think it really comes down to a little bit of a Listen, it's only been like, you know, in our lifetimes, our grandmothers couldn't vote. Our grandmothers couldn't have a bank account. Our grandmothers couldn't work outside of the home. So I think it takes time because, you know, the future is female. Like that's like a really recent construct, right? So I think it takes time for society to adapt and for those traditional methods of thinking to change and align with the reality. And I think we're doing that now. Anyone else got any thoughts? Crystal, I'm, I know you've got something on this. <laughs> no, I think Nicole covered it. Absolutely. I think that uh, was the perfect answer. I completely agree with Nicole. Dina, anything to add? No, I think we covered that one pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or even within a company that they're working for within the corporate world. I'd love to take this one. I'll jump in. And a lesson my mom taught me, which is a huge inspiration and a part of my why. It's my mom. She's incredible. And uh, so my mom taught me very early on in my career, don't ever just take the first financial offer that they offer you in your job. You know, the job offers you this amount of money. Well, always go back and ask for more. Don't be afraid to ask for more. Don't be afraid to ask for that next position up. Don't be afraid in your head. Know that, oh, I want to be the executive director one day, or I want to be in management or 
whatever it is that you want to be, make sure you let other people know. Don't be afraid to let other people know. Because when you let people know what you're going for, what you're working towards, then they see you, they hear you, and they're going to give you those opportunities. So always let people know, always ask for more, and just don't settle for what you are offered. I think that for me summarizes it perfectly. Beautiful. Ladies, anything to add? Definitely want to that honestly like I want to double triple down on that honestly because like when I got started in my career I was so happy to actually have a position that wasn't a waitress that I was just like yes oh my god $22 an hour like I'm rich (laughs) but honestly I could have asked for more and I could have got it and I always kind of kick myself because I saw like you know a few years later when we had a young lady who came in for my position as I had moved up. And she did exactly what Crystal said. She asked for more, she asked for terms and she got them. And I was like, damn, you know, I should have taken that lesson five years ago. So I think, yeah. you know, I think it's important to double and triple down on that. Okay. Do you know anything to add? Yes, absolutely. I would say to make sure also, you know, that you're staying hungry for learning. You know, my husband is 56 years old and he's gone through an incredible career and now he's staying even more hungry to learn about new things, investing in real estate and branching out and just never be, you know, too close-minded to think that you can't learn more, constantly be working on self-development, constantly be putting yourself in places where other people are learning and growing. You know, I would say become the person that other successful people are attracted to by becoming successful on your own. And that is staying consistent, staying committed and constantly be learning and growing. Love it. While we have you here, Gina, what does the word empowerment mean to you personally? It means to actually to influence another woman to be confident. I've actually looked that word up because I wanted to know the the actual definition of it. And it's about, you know, I think it's about being the person who is confident enough to share your skills and your values, to know your worth, to know your value, to speak your truth to stand up for what's right. And when you do that, you give automatically give permission and change the energy of the women around you. And I believe that empowered women empower women. And we do that in ways by congratulating each other, celebrating each other's successes, but also helping each other when they're down and not judging that person when they're going through a struggle, because they're all going to go through a struggle. It's about, you know, when women support women, it's we fix each other's crowns in a safe environment. We don't have to tell the world about it. You know, we yeah. make sure that every woman, when they leave the mom link environment, walk away feeling like they just got dusted off. You know what I mean? And yeah. back onto the track of where they need to go and are motivated to now to continue to achieve those goals. Love it. Crystal? You know, I've really learned this last year for me, what empowerment really looks like. And it's, you know, because I experienced my own imposter syndrome. And it's when you see somebody playing small, you're taking the time out of your day, even though it gives you nothing in return to pull that person up and lift them up and say, I see you playing small. And, you know, like calling that person out, because sometimes as women, we see other people playing small, and we just let them sit there in the playing small field. Well, I think true women empowerment and women supporting women is when you have nothing to gain. And you go into the playing small field and you pull another woman out or you open the door, you know, the door you walk through that get opened you a door, somebody opened the door of opportunity. Well, you you kicked your foot out, you know, women kick your door closed, the car yeah. door closed. My husband hates that. <laughs> but I honestly, these days, what I do is I kick that door back open and I hold it open so the next woman can come through. And I think that's a huge part of women supporting women and women empowerment is when you see somebody low or see somebody and you have nothing to gain that's when you really need to pull that person up it's how it's when you see and I see that in the mom link you know the first time we spoke on breakfast of champions I was all excited it was an honor it's pretty incredible it's a great stage it's a great community on clubhouse and to see the women like from the mom link community who showed up just to support us nothing to gain you know, they have nothing to gain and they just showed up to support us. I, I, in my head, I was like, I see you. And that's women supporting women. That's women empowerment. Love it. Nicole. I think we covered it. Like mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? 
consistency, consistency, consistency. And that is so much more challenging. You know, you can say the word consistent. You're like, okay, that's fine. That means like you just stay up, you you get up and you do the same thing over and over again. But the reality is, you know, each day you wake up with a whole new set of challenges that things that you can't really, you know, plan for necessarily, you make a plan, but then you also have to go with the flow and being consistent is having that plan set in space, but also acknowledging, you know, where you are with those things when the time comes and then being authentic with yourself, you know, and if you're not feeling inspired in that moment, you know, really digging deep and understanding what's going on with myself that I'm feeling this negative energy or whatever it is that's, you know, impacting your day and still, you know, continuing to work through that stuff and use it as leverage, use that information, use those feelings as fuel to push yourself forward. And then turn that into a story, a learning lesson to bring to your community. So staying consistent doesn't mean always feeling, you know, like a hundred percent that's unrealistic. It's about knowing when you're feeling challenged, understanding the challenge that you're going through and being able to share that in a way where it's going to help others. So that's what I would say. Our superpower is consistency. Okay. Anyone else got anything to add? I think it's also like trusting your life's experiences and the things that you've learned, the skills that you've gathered into whatever it is or wherever life takes you, right? So, you know, coming into the mom link, it could have been so easy for us to be like, you know, how the hell are we going to do these summits? And how are we going to, you know, empower women? But we've all had experiences that have allowed us to do this and do this really well. Crystal? So I've got two superpowers, one mom link superpower. And then a personal superpower of yeah. mine is I'm like, I should have been a private investigator in my past <laughs> life. Uh, what's that TV show? Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yes. that was me. No, no, vet people out. And when you run a business, you need to be vetting people out. People want to work with your community. People want access to your community. And we have an obligation. We have a responsibility to maintain a safe community. So I'm constantly making sure we're doing due diligence and doing some background research and, you know, make sure who we're working with or who we're going to recommend to our community. So that's a a superpower. And the other superpower, and I think this is embedded in the culture and the history of women working together. There's always got to be a Beyonce or there's always got to be like one. And I think we need to shy away from that. And I think the mom link does that really well. You know, when we run our rooms, you see these three women up at the top showing you that, yes, we're all unique in our own ways, but we can all work and shine together at once. Not one woman needs to shine out. And I think we say that and we exemplify that in our community and our superpower, the three of us, I'll tell you right now, the three of us, our superpower equally is we all walk the talk and we all lead by example. And that is what inspires our community. Beautiful. I love that. How do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Mm, That's a good question. That word means that we've accomplished the goals that we've set out to do, that we've been clear on identifying exactly what our mission is, what our goals are. You know, we, we have a platform that we are building right now. We have summits that seek to educate and inspire. We have you know, other little things that are in alignment with that. And when we achieve those goals, I feel like a sense of achievement is something that it comes from within, but it comes from within, but by staying dedicated to the mission and the cause and seeing those goals come to fruition. So yes, it might be financial success, but the financial piece is a kind of, for me, a symptom of, you know, staying dedicated, staying the course, being powerful in the stance that we take and um, remaining on course to accomplish the goals that we set out to accomplish and not getting swayed by that and staying, you know, empowered and inspired. Love it. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. This is two, three, four word answer type answer. Okay. And I'll take one from each of you. How would you describe yourself in one word? I say charismatic. That's a great word for Gina, for sure. I would say driven. I would say compassionate. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that thing be? You can achieve anything that you set out to do as long as you can stay focused. Okay. You know? To inspire other women and moms to achieve their goals in life by utilizing my story of overcoming struggles and achieving my goals. Crystal? Number one, nobody is going to save you. 
nobody is, you know, nobody's going to be your savior. You need to save yourself. You need to pull yourself out of the rut. But finding a tribe of women and having a tribe of women will make that process just a little bit easier. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Peace. Oh gosh, <laughs> these are loaded. These are. I'm, I'm trying to narrow down my answers here, but peace for sure. I just think, you know, in the pandemic, I know you said one word answer, but the thing that's been the hardest in the pandemic is so many different opinions and polarizing views and and the separation of family and how quick love disappears and how quick just a difference of opinion can bring on hate. So as beauty pageant as that sounds, I would say just, you know, love and acceptance of others. I would say love and accomplishments, being able to make impact. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The Five Habits of Highly Successful, Highly Effective People. Mom Life Is? Oh, The Best Life. (laughs) Blessed. Fulfilling. Entrepreneur Life Is? Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, all of the above. I pick C, back to my university (laughs) days. C, all of the above. No, definitely entrepreneurial life is also rewarding and fulfilling and inspiring. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Um, I definitely would say confidence. And that comes from accomplishing your goals. I have to say, I think being able to speak articulately and effectively to anyone, whether it's one person or a group of people to be able to get on video, to be able to put yourself out there, you know, kind of goes along with confidence, but the the ability to public speak and then the ability to build relationships. Money only comes from one source and that's people. So you have to be able to build relationships and surround yourself with the type of people that are going to be able to bring that type of energy to you. Consistency for sure. You know, and I said this at the beginning with the power of three, we have the power of three every day, we can knock off 30 things off our to do list. And oftentimes people talk about, you know, our annual goals and the goals we set out for the year. But I think one of the things to be successful in in entrepreneurship is every day you have to have goals and every day you have to have a to do list and every day you have to knock off those items on your to do list. So consistency, consistency, organization and delegation are my three. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Not to worry about what anyone else thinks of you. I think it took me way too long. I was a people pleaser. I worried way too much about what other people thought of me. And I, I should have invested a lot more time in myself and not being afraid of what other people thought if they were going to accept me or not accept me. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I, I lived a great life leading up to marriage and parenting. So I I would tell my younger self, just do what your heart desires and just, you know, whatever it is that you're doing is for a reason and you'll find out one day. I would say trust, trust yourself, know your worth and stop the comparisons. If you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner, your tribe of the world, what what would those 30 seconds sound like? What would you tell people? What wisdom would you impart? I would say, go for your dreams. You know, trust God, trust the universe, believe in yourself, be in the now, and you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to, that we are unlimited beings that are magical, that can do much more than we we ever thought that we are capable of. Beautiful. Nicole, Crystal, who wants to go? Yeah, uh- I would jump in and say, be a global citizen, approach life, approach the world, approach your community as a global citizen, understand your responsibility to make the world a better place and uh, to always pay it forward. Well, ladies, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your stories and your journeys with me and with the Empowerography community. I appreciate all three of you. This has been an incredibly beautiful and inspirational and educational conversation. I appreciate all three of you so very much. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here today. Thank Thank you for for your great questions. I think, you know, it's people really underestimate the power of good questions. And I really appreciate the questions that you, you brought to us. It gave us the opportunity to really expand and provide value. So I appreciate that.
Thank you very much. That's very nice of you to say, and I appreciate you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guests have been Gina Skelton, Christel Almeida, and Nicole Puckerin. They are the founders of The Mom Link. Thank you all so very much, ladies. I appreciate each and every one of you. This has been an incredible conversation. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, Brad. We appreciate it. So great. Great combo. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.